Welcome to Windsor Christian Fellowship Church Podcast. Our church vision is to win generations to Christ, connect them to His master plan, empower them to succeed, and grow the kingdom of God. For other podcast resources or more information about Windsor Christian Fellowship, please visit us at www.wcf.ca. No further ado, our children's pastor, Mike Icabelli, is going to share the word. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. I'm so excited for today's word, but I just want to give honor to Pastor Kathy and Pastor Rick for giving me the opportunity to come up here because I really believe this is a calling in my life to be a pastor, children's pastor. I'm a children's pastor, and I love preaching to the kids, but I also love preaching to you guys, too. I could kind of go off a little bit more. I could get a little bit crazier, a little bit wilder. I could kind of go off sides until my wife gives me the look. I step, take a step back and I slow it down. So that's good. But um, you guys all always encourage me, and I thank you for that so much. And I, I just, I really, I do really love you guys. I know I don't know all of you, but we are a family here at WCF. It's called Windsor Christian Fellowship. I like to say Windsor Christian Family. And friends, I welcome you, first-time visitors. Um, I just want you to enjoy yourself. And also, when I speak... There's a bunch of things that I want you to get out of it. I want you to laugh. I want you to enjoy it. I want you to say, man, that preacher, he's pretty good looking, isn't he? You know? <laughs> but what I really want you to do, really, really in deep down in my heart, actually all in me, is to have some conviction after any of, anybody who speaks up here, any pastor, we want you to have conviction. We want you to feel guilty. But let me explain that. <laughs> This is a good time, Marsh, just to hand the money out right now. No, no, I'm kidding. No, but we want that conviction. Now, here's the difference. You can feel guilty and get condemned by it, and the enemy's going to knock you down, and you feel worse, worthless, and you feel like you're not going to go anywhere, and he's just knocking down, and you're not going to get up. Or you could have that conviction. God sends conviction. And I pray that for me, my wife, my kids all the time. Lord, send conviction where there's conviction needed, because conviction causes us to turn to God so God can raise us up and lift us up. So there's a difference. So don't ever feel defeated or your life is worthless because when you feel guilty, you could go one way or the other way, either condemned or convicted. And conviction is God's way to bring you back to him because you're his child and he cares and loves you. Amen? So who's ready for today's word? This message is called King of the Castle. You could take that how you want. I'm looking at my wife right now and I'm, I'm not the king of the castle. <laughs> I might be the head of the castle, but the king, I don't want to not declare that. I'd rather say I'm good looking over than saying I'm the king. Like, <laughs> there's a little bit more arrogancy there, I think. I don't know. <laughs> All right, so turn to your Bible. We got to get started because I had to rush at first service. I mean, I was talking like speed racer, man. I was just... Pfft. All right, so James 1.19.20. So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, Slow to wrath, for the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. So this is James. James is writing this. Nathan, if you want, you could bring big old Goliath over here. and bring. Actually, it's not Goliath. It's a tower in our sake. It's a lift, but we're going to use it as a lift, I guess, right? So he's saying be swift to hear. That means prompt, speedy, quick. You know, are you quick to hear the word of God? Are you quick to help somebody out when there's a time of need? Are you quick on things like that? And be slow 
to speak and slow to wrath. Now, slow to wrath and slow to speak and saying mean things or, you know, do you, have you ever said stuff where you say something and you just stick it in the ground like it's like the victory flag? You know, you say something, it's like a battle. You ever watch movies when they got the American flag and they stick it for victory and they won the war? Well, have you ever done that with your words or when you talk with somebody and you say something just to give it a little dig, a little ding, and you stick it like victory is yours? Enough said, I won the battle, and then they throw a flag in, and then you throw a flag in, and you keep on going a little bit higher and higher, and you keep on, keep on going higher till you get to like certain points where you just keep on taking it to, the new, to new limits, and you keep on raising the bar of these dings and these flags and these victories. It's saying be slow to it. Now, be slow to it, family, does not mean I'm going to get you back in a year. I mean, that's how slow I'm going to be. Just wait. You're going to turn around and boom, right there, I'm right there. I got you back. Like holding that revenge and getting that revenge and, and trying to like get back at somebody. It's not, it's not, that's not the type of slowness that they're talking about. What this means is in the biblical sense is be inactive to it. It actually said to be stupid to it. It means be dull, like inactive. So let me give you an example. Man, I believe we are the best at this. Man, I'm sorry, women, we are more at being slow than you are in things. So like... For example, we'll get this over here. For, exa- for example, when um, you're watching TV and your wife says, um, honey, can you do the dishes? We get in that duh moment, duh, right? It's like when somebody tells me math, I'm just like, duh, I don't know what you're saying anymore. I'm out of it. I'm just going to be stupid to it. I'm inactive to it. Or the, your wife asks you to clean the bathroom, duh, right? We just get in this duh moment. For some of you men, I feel sorry you ask your wife for sex and she's like, duh, right? <laughs> I hope all your kids are at Kids on the Rise Church right now, kids at WCF Church right now, because I'm in big church right now, and I get to have a little bit more fun here with certain vocabulary, all right? That's perfect, Nathan. Thank you so much. So, there we go. (laughs) All right, thank you, Nathan. Nathan, I need you to stay in there. You're going to sit in there and watch in the whole service like that. Is that okay, buddy? Thank you. So, Nathan, one thing I ask, don't fall asleep because everybody's watching you. Okay, so, so I ask family, cheer when there's time to cheer. I like when people get excited. And if you don't feel like cheering, don't cheer. You can just sit back and enjoy the service and get a word from God, all right? So, uh, there have been times, though, where you've stuck the flag and you know you shouldn't have done it just to get that little bit of victory, just to have that victory. And, and what causes us to do that? Right? Because when we were kids, I used to play a game, and I don't know if you played this game, but I'm the king of the castle, right? We'd come up here, I'm the king of the castle, you're the dirty rascal, nah, nah, I'm the champ, you're the loser, da, da, da. And it's all fun and games, and then the bell rings, and you run back in class, and you do it all over again. But then when you get older, it gets a little bit more serious. A little bit more serious. And your wife says something, and then you just say something back. And it even, it's, it's even when you get jealous or bitter. Right? When somebody says there's a blessing and you get this jealousy. So you say a rude remark, a crude remark, just to stick the flag. Just to stick it in there. Just to make yourself feel better so that you can lift yourself up. Am I the only one? Am I the only one that needs this message today? Because when I was working on this message, I'm like, I need this too. Because although I might look all spiffy in my new Puma white shoes... I'm a mess, man, sometimes without God. I'm a mess. I struggle too. 
But when I was working this, I'm like, God, show me what I need. Show my family what they need so that we could leave from here and be better. So that we can lift others up. So what gets in our way? What causes us to do these things, to, to stick these flags? And Nathan, if you could get in there and just stick some flags on that. What causes us to just stick victory flags and say a mean word or say something to make us feel better so that we can raise up ourselves and lift ourselves up? It's pride. And pride is the root to me is from all, for all sin. It's the root of bitterness. It's the root of jealousy. It's the root of wrath. It's the root of all sin. Pride means exaltation, arrogance, lifting yourself up. Now, Jesus had some brothers, and I have a brother too, and, and I love my brother. But, you know, I got jealous of him every now and then because if you've ever seen my brother, he's a little bit taller than me. He's a lot bigger than me. I mean, he looks like the Hulk, and I look like Bruce Banner. Like, it's not fair. You know, it's not. I'm sure he would like to fit in some skinny jeans, but actually he probably doesn't. That's about it. He doesn't. He doesn't. Like, he's just a big muscle-bound guy. And to top it off, he's good-looking because he looks like me. <laughs> just with steroids, that's all. <laughs> he does, he's, a na he's natural. He's natural. I'm so glad he's not here today. He was supposed to be here, but... so. So I'm going to have a little bit more fun with him. But there was a time when I actually got jealous of him, and he might have got jealous of me because I was a little bit smarter and whatever, you know. And, and I'd say things, and then he'd say things, and I'd just stick the flag. My own brother. I mean, there was a time when we were kids, and I don't even know what the fight was about. And he said something, and I said something. We kept saying it back and forth. Whoever's going to finish it off last was going to be the winner. Sticking that flag, sticking the victory flag, sticking that last word, right? I let him finish. But what he didn't know was I kept whispering it and whispering it and whispering it. And by the time two hours passed, he came up walking by me all smug and he goes, I got the last word. I'm like, yeah, but you don't realize I've been whispering for two hours, so you got a lot of catching up to do. <laughs> and he was like, why? Oh, I can't do that. I'm, I'm just, he wasn't committed. I was more about winning all the time, right? So check this out. In John 7, 1 verse 5, this is what it says. After this, Jesus traveled around Galilee. He wanted to stay out of Judea where the Jewish leaders were plotting his death. So check this out. The Jewish leaders were going to plot his death. They want to kill Jesus. And Jesus knew this. So I'm sure he told people, man, they're going to want to kill me. So I need to stay out. And then look what happens here. This is just, come on, man. But soon it was time for the Jewish festival of shelters. And Jesus' brothers said to him, Leave here and go to Judea where your followers can see your miracles. You can't become famous if you hide like this. If you can do such wonderful things, show yourself to the world. For even his brothers didn't believe him. His brothers could care less if he was going to die. I mean, just to stick a flag in the ground. Because mama maybe loves Jesus more, they thought. Because mama and dad, I thought, kept saying how amazing Jesus was, that he's the son of God. And they couldn't stand it, his half-brothers. How many times if somebody has a blessing, we got to say something crude or mean or make an excuse just to lift ourselves up, to have that pride as exaltation, arrogance, lifting ourselves up, family. Because I don't want us to live like that. I want us to walk out of here lifting others up. But how do we lift others up? 
I mean, that's the question that I ask when I read and when I study and when I just experience things in life. I'm like, God, I don't want to live like this, so teach me, show me, guide me, lead me. And the answer is the opposite of pride. It's meekness. Because pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Destruction is a crash, a disaster, an injury. That sounds a lot like Lucifer. He had so much up there. But he wanted to lift himself up. And down he went. God sent him down. What about the Tower of Babel? They, the people, they were prideful. And they said, let's build this mighty tower and bring it up to the heavens so we can be up with God. And God even said, like, men can do anything they want when they put their minds to it. But the problem was it was just for themselves. It was all for themselves. And then this is my favorite part. God sent confusion upon them. And I, when I read it, I'm like, God, why would you, like, I'm sure there's other way. You could have just tore down the building. And why confusion? Why did that speak all different languages? Because when they spoke all different languages, they got all confused. They got scared. They scattered. They couldn't understand each other. But this is why. Because God wants us to eventually come to him so we could have one language all of us together so that we can be in unity for him and him only so that we can make a difference in this world so that we're not doing life alone we're not doing it by ourselves our voices aren't scattered and chaotic our marriages aren't scattered and chaotic that we're in one with God because we are a family my brothers and sisters and friends if you're first time visitors I want you to be in the family of God I don't if you don't come to WCF, that's fine. Just find a church. Find Jesus. Seek him. Because he's searching you and he's, he's, he's patting you on the back. You just got to turn around. Turn around to him. So what's the opposite of this? The opposite of pride is meekness. And meekness is not weakness. Because sometimes we think it is. Sometimes we think it is. Sometimes we see when somebody does something mighty and he's powerful, but then he takes a step back and he doesn't fight when we thought he should fight we think it's weak when in reality pastor Harry taught me meekness is strength under control meekness is gentle kind not easily provoked ready to yield rather than to cause trouble a meek person is not self-willed not con continually concerned with self or his own ways and ideas and wishes he is willing to put himself in second place and submit himself to achieve what is good for others how do you think my wife got me? <laughs> Come on. It's not always about good looking, but thank you for thinking that. Because <laughs> she's beautiful, yes. But she was meek and humble. That's what she is. And I've seen true meekness and humility from my wife. And it amazed me, and I was like, wow. Thank you, Lord, for giving me a wife who is beautiful. Let's keep it nice here. And meek and humble. So it's putting others first. But there's something that we need with meekness. There's something that we need because we could be meek. And have you ever done, I've done this. I remember I, I, I called somebody and it was the wrong number. And he just started like, why you call me? Da, 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 da. And I was just like... I'm not going to yell back at this guy. I'm like, I'm sorry. I got the wrong number. Click, right? Five minutes later, I'm, I'm just like laying in bed, man, just like praying. 
this was like a long time ago. Jen comes by, she's like, what's the matter? And actually my son was there and I was probably very nice to the guy on the phone because my son was sitting right beside me. But I remember like God just helped me. I, I just strength under control. I walked away and, you know, I did something good and I felt good about it after because then I'm like, I prayed about it. But then a year, like, it took a long time to get over this, man. The enemy tries to come back and say, you were weak, you were weak, you should have yelled back, you should have yelled back. I'm like, man, I wasn't weak, I wasn't weak. But why do I feel like I want to yell back? Because I, I wish that I stuck the victory flag in. I always wish that I got the last word. But man, meekness is strength under control. But we need meekness with something. And what is it? It's humility. It's being humble. Is it okay that I'm doing more of a teaching lesson today? I might start spitting a little bit later, but right now we're teaching. I got the anointing of the spirit of Pastor RJ on me right now. We're gonna, I'm going to teach a little bit. Don't worry, I won't tell any jokes. <laughs> no, because I mean his jokes are so funny. <laughs> I love you, Pastor RJ. <laughs> so we need to be humble. We need to humble ourselves. Check this out what Jesus says about the woman who brushed her hair on his feet, right? I tell you, her sins, and they are many, have been forgiven. So she has shown me much love. But a person who is forgiven little, so a person who is forgiven little, shows only what? Little love. Now, let me tell you a little bit about my life. I was a Catholic boy. I thought it was good. I compared myself to others. So if they were doing all this stealing, and stealing, I wasn't stealing. If they were drinking, drinking, I wasn't drinking, right? And I was a good boy. So when I came and met Jen and we came, came to this church, um, I thought I was good. I was like, man, I'm good. I'm good, man. God's forgiven me. I'm good. I'm holy. I'm nothing wrong with me, right? But here's the thing. I don't care. I don't care if you're a prostitute or you slept with one person before you married. I don't even care if you didn't sleep with anybody before you married. We are all sinners. And when you realize that you have been forgiven much, even though you thought you were so perfect, you have lots of love to show for Jesus Christ. So we truly need to humble ourselves because humility, humbleness means you're coming to somebody you know is over you, somebody who you're going to commit yourself to, submit yourself to. So who do we humble ourselves to? We need to humble ourselves to God. So this way, meekness and humility are this beautiful thing. Because they come hand in hand. Amen? So, we need to go into the story of somebody who is totally meek, who is the meekest person on the face of the earth in the Bible times. And this is in the Old Testament, and it says that Moses was the meekest person at that time. Now, funny, Pastor Rick mentioned this to me, and I thought it was funny. Moses actually wrote the book that he was the meekest person on the face of the earth. <laughs> That's okay, because he knew it came from God. John knew that he was most loved, and he wrote the book. I know that I am most good-looking, because I'm up here preaching it right now, and I'm going to, if there was a book about me, that's what they would have said. Michael knew that he was the most good-looking. So let's go in the backstory a little bit in Exodus 2. This is the birth of Moses. Now, Pharaoh was killing all the boys. In that land, because he was afraid that the Hebrews, the Israelites, were going to multiply, multiply, right? Isn't that what we do? We don't want anybody to multiply. We don't want anybody to go higher than us. So we stick these flags everywhere. You can't go higher than me. How dare you? How dare you? You think that, how dare, how, God forbid that somebody is on a higher ladder than us. 
Oh, my goodness, because out comes the flags. Out comes, I'm the king of the castle. Try to push them off. Make them the dirty rascal. Sometimes I'm a little cheesy, I know. I, I teach kids. Come on. <laughs> so, have you ever, so he, <laughs> so he wanted to, he didn't want to populate, he didn't want them to overpopulate, so he's killing them. So this is what Moses' parents did. And there went a man of the house of Levi and took to a wife and daughter of Levi. And the woman conceived and bare a son. And when she saw him that he was goodly, goodly means good, 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 goodly, goodly, good, this, the very good, good man, good woman, all that stuff, right? It means also beautiful, best, better, bountiful, cheerful, at ease, favor, fine, glad, graciously, joyful, kindly, kindness, liketh, loving, merry, most, pleasant, pleasant, pleasure, precious, prosperity, ready, sweet, wealth, welfare, well-favored. Did you all write that down? All right. That's what that means too. So she saw that he was all that, that he was, I'll just give you a couple of them, loving, merry, joyful, kindly, and gracious child. So she hid him for three months. And when she could not lo no longer hide him, she took a, an ark of bulrushes and dabbed it with slime and with pitch and put the child therein, and she laid it in the flags by the river. Now, these flags were long things. So there Moses was in between these flags. In the midst of these flags was this goodly child. And his sister stood afar to know what would be done to him. And the daughter of Pharaoh came down to wash herself at the river, and her maidens walked along by the river's side. And when she saw the ark among the flags, she sent her maid to fetch it. Now we're going to go into the NLT version because it's just a little easier to read, but I want to get out those flags for you all. I just thought that was kind of cool. When the princess opened it, she saw the baby. The little boy was crying, and she felt sorry for him. This must be one of the Hebrew children, she said. Then the baby's sister approached the princess. Should I go and find one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you, she asked. Yes, do, the princess replied. So the girl went and called the baby's mother. That is amazing to me. Only God can make something like that. Here's the mom, had the baby. Now she's going to get paid watching her own son. This is babysitting to the next level. <laughs> I mean, only God can pull something off like that. Could you imagine if my wife, we just had another baby, and the government says, watch your baby, we'll pay you. Thank you, God. Like, oh my goodness, this is a miracle in the making right now. Not only is this a miracle, I want to point out that there are three women. Women, you are strong enough to raise men and women to be leaders for God. So if you're single grandparents, single nieces, aunts, if you're just a single mom, you have a lot to say for your children. Because thank God for these women that they follow what they needed to do. Because they raised up Moses to be the man who he needed to be. His sister watching out for him. His mom having faith. The princess having compassion. Thank you. Later when the boy was older, his mother then brought him back to Pharaoh's daughter who adopted him as her own son. She named him Moses because she lifted him out of the water. We were running out of time. So, and I still didn't get to my four points yet. Four big words that are going to help us to become meek. Because so far we know that he's goodly, but he's just a baby. So what happens when he's older, right? This is what happens. Many years later, when Moses had grown up, he went out to visit his own people, the Hebrews, and he saw how hard they were forced to work. During his visit, he saw an Egyptian beating one of his fellow Hebrews. After looking in all directions to make sure no one was watching, Moses killed the Egyptian and hid it in the ground. Now Moses was looking everywhere. He looked here, he looked there, wanted to make sure the Egyptians weren't looking. He didn't care if the Israelites found him because in another verse when Stephen was talking about Moses before Stephen got killed for Jesus Christ, he was the first martyr in the Bible that we hear about, 
he was talking about Moses and he said he thought all the Israelites were going to be like, yay, yay, Moses, you did it for God and, and you're a hero. But they didn't. They're like, who do you think you are, Moses? And he got scared and he fled. But this is the problem, Moses. After looking in all directions to make sure no one was watching, you forgot to look up. You forgot to look who's really watching. You forgot to look to God. Because I don't see meekness right here, Moses. You murdered somebody. You murdered somebody, and truly, and, and, and we know that you shouldn't have done that. So he said, who made you, who made you to be a ruler? So Moses fled. And this is what we need to do. Instead of attacking, we need to acknowledge. Now we're on the journey to see how Moses became meek. So the first thing we need to do, we need to acknowledge. We need to acknowledge God. Instead of attacking and attacking and attacking to try to raise ourselves up so that people be like, yay, oh my goodness, you're amazing. We need to acknowledge. Proverbs 3, 6 says, In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. So if you're taking notes, I'm a very simple preacher. Be slow to wrath. So first thing should be slow. Second should be pride is not good. Meekness and humility hand in hand. Preacher somewhat good looking. Wearing tight pants a little bit. And now acknowledge. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just got to have a little fun. Wake you up a little bit. So we need to acknowledge God. Moses didn't want the Egyptians seeing but he wanted the Israelites saying, have you ever lived like that? You know, you don't want certain people seeing you out in the club, woo, woo, dancing up, sticking flags everywhere. <laughs> right? <laughs> then you go out to church and you're like. <laughs> I mean, is that how we're supposed to live? Is that meekness and humility? No. Oh. I don't want to live a double life. Moses was living a double life right there, for, as far as I'm concerned. Looking this way and that way. Wanted them to see, didn't want them to see. We are serving a God who is our supreme ruler. See, here's the problem. We don't acknowledge God enough. In fact, I remember when I was younger, I'd come home from work or with my buddies, and I'd come home, my mom's like, Michael, Michael, come sit down, have some tea. I'm like, no, mom, I'm good. Grab a cookie, run out the back door. Do we run out the back door with God sometimes? Because check this out. This is where I love how Moses now, he understands who God is. In Exodus 3, one day Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led the flock far into the wilderness and came to Sinai, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of a bush. Moses stared in amazement. Though the bush was engulfed in flames, it didn't burn up. This is amazing, Moses said to himself. Why isn't this bush burning up? I must go see it. So there he is, going to go see. It's amazing, right? Just wants to rush into it, rush into it and go see this amazing thing. When the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, God called to him from the middle of the bush, Moses, Moses, here I am, Moses replied. Do not come any closer, the Lord warned. Take off your sandals for you are standing on holy ground. Family, we have that holiness inside of us. Are we acknowledging that? Do we come into God's house and because I don't care how white and shiny your pumas are, we need to take them off. We need to take them off and be closer to God. 
be naked in front of God. Seek him, acknowledge him. Acknowledge means have an intimate relationship with him. To know and understand who he is, we acknowledge that he is. Listen, he is our friend, but he is also our supreme ruler. We do not take God for granted. Amen? (laughs) Next one. So you got to acknowledge. Now, when we acknowledge him, we get something out of it. Check out what we get. Psalm 1611 says, you make known to me the path of life. How does he make known to you the path of life? Jack, you're taking notes. How does he make known to you the path of life? You just wrote it. Acknowledge, right? When you acknowledge him, he makes known to you the path of life. See, I'm on a teaching, teaching spirit right now. I got a little bit of Pastor RJ's anointing on me right now. You acknowledge him. So it doesn't tell you acknowledge, but the other verse said acknowledge him. And in your presence, there's fullness of joy. When you acknowledge him, Moses, he wanted his presence. So we have his presence and there's joy. But check this out. This is my favorite part. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Man, his right hand, arm, was around Moses, around you, around me. And they are pleasures forevermore. Pleasures is delightful, agreeable, happy, satisfaction, enjoyment, delight, joy, gladness, glee, gratification, contentment, amusement. God enjoys you. He's amused by you. He's satisfied with you. He's content with who he made you to be. So don't think that you have to be somebody better. Don't think that you have to keep sticking flags in to raise yourself up. I don't want us walking out here prideful. I want us to be changed people. Because our battle is not against each other, against flesh and blood. But it's against the principalities of this unseen world. His arm becomes our pleasure. His desires become our desires. His hands become our hands. His feet becomes our feet. His eyes become our eyes. His ears become our ears. So we watch what we watch. We be careful what we listen to. We be careful what we say. We be careful what we do. Because we are so satisfied and content in who we are. So what does that do, family? Third word, it gives us confidence. Confidence. Moses got confidence. In fact, there's a time when two other people in his tribe, they got prophecy. They, they, they were able to prophesy because the Holy Spirit came upon them. And everybody else in the camp was like, Moses, Moses, what are we going to do? They're prophesying like, you're the main guy. And Moses said, man, don't be jealous for me. Don't be jealous for me. If God wants to bless him, let God bless him. I wish that God, that, that would happen to everybody. Because Moses was confident in himself. I want to tell you something. You are a masterpiece in God. You are beautiful. You are more than enough. Moses was confident, so he didn't have to kill and try to say, stop what you're doing. Don't you know I am Moses, the one who has chosen to, to free all you people? Man, I want to tell you so much more. I got a little funny skit there to tell you, but I'm not going to go there. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. But because Moses had excuse after excuse. When God came to him and told him to free the people. So how did he get the confidence? He acknowledged him. He understood the pleasure of God. Because when he kept saying, God, I can't do it. How many times do we make excuses? I can't do it. I don't want to do it. I'm not good enough. I'm not ready enough. And God kept answering him back. I'll do this. I'm this. I am God. I am the Almighty. Moses, this is going to happen. But Moses, but God, I can't speak. Man, that was a lie. 
because Stephen even wrote that Moses was well in speak and battle. So he knew exactly how to fight and speak, but he just lost something that day when he tried to be prideful and lift him up himself. And then he lost his confidence. I guess 40 years in the desert taught him something. And then he acknowledged God, and he had his presence upon him, and he got his confidence back. See, Moses, that's why Moses could say he was meek. Because Moses understood it's not him, it's God in a weakness. Because in a weakness, he gives us strength. My confidence is not in my victories or in my defeat. My confidence is in God. I know that I'm good enough, so don't lose your confidence. Stop building your, check this out, stop building your own confidence and let it come from God. I want to declare this over all of us, family. I don't have to brag, boast, or be self-defensive. I will not tear others down to build myself up. I will not be overly defensive when criticized. With God, I can handle it because my confidence comes from God. I will not have low self-esteem and compare myself with others. I will not feel low no matter how rich or beautiful or smart or spiritual, likable, funny, gifted, or blessed I think somebody is. I will not cower or hide or give to the enemy's condemnation because my confidence is of God. I will not look the other way and compare myself with other less blessed. I will not become arrogant, boastful, and brag, trying to convince myself and those around me that I'm better than most because my confidence comes from God. Listen, if I was single right now and my confidence comes from God and I was preaching like I am and Jen's like, woo, who's that good looking fine boy up there? I'd see her in the corner of my eye. I'd come up to her. I'd jump like this. I'd grab her phone. I'd type in my number. No, actually, I'd just take a selfie. You know what to do with that. Right? Peace out. Two minutes later, ring, ring. Hello. Because my confidence comes from God. <laughs> She, she's going to be all like, she's going to be like, oh my goodness, who is this guy? Anybody know? That's Michael. That's Michael. That's Michael. I know who he is. He's so good looking. He's so mysterious. I know nothing about him. But she'll find the number in two minutes, right? It's so fast. Right? <laughs> but be confident in who God made you to be, family. Listen, listen. I was telling you about my brother. All growing up, I was skinny. And, and you know what? I could let that tear me down. There's times when I'm like, man, I wish I was bigger and whatever. But you know what? This is who I am. This is who God made me. I like a pink shirt. I'm all man. <laughs> so I didn't want to go on the scaffold because you have to wear that stupid, goofy harness and it's going to clash with what I'm wearing. <laughs> but my confidence comes from God. Are you get where I'm going with this, family? Nathan, you need to take those flags out because we're going somewhere right now. Just toss them on the floor because we're learning something here. We got one more thing. One more thing. After his confidence, after the confidence and Moses got confidence, this is my favorite part about Moses. Not that, not that he was a mighty warrior. Not that he won many victories. None of that. This is my favorite part about Moses. Even Stephen. Right? I was talking about Stephen and how he, he was martyred for Christ. They encouraged. Moses didn't get to the promised land family. But yet, he encouraged Joshua. How many of you can encourage somebody in the same profession that's going to move up the ladder? I don't know. Sometimes I could get a little jealous, a little bitter, a little resentful, a little competitiveness. 
and just stick a flag and try to knock him down. He could have said to Joshua, Joshua, you're going you're gonna to bring these people to the promised land? They're crazy. They're going to suck you dry. Plus, you can't do it. You think you're me? <laughs> he encouraged Joshua. He encouraged him, even though he knew he was going to get to the promised land. Do you know why? Because the promised land is just temporal. Moses was looking far beyond the promised land. He was looking for others. The Bible says don't be selfish. Don't think of yourself as better than others. Don't try to impress others. Think of others more importantly than yourself. Over a little promotion, over this, over this little fight that you're having, you're willing to raise yourself up so this way there's going to be chaos in your family and nobody's going to understand each other. No wonder marriages are falling apart and kids are leaving. Because we try to lift ourselves individually instead of caring about the other people. No wonder churches split. No wonder this happens. No wonder disaster happens. Because we're not looking to God in a, with unity, with one spirit, working together. When we're trying to lift ourselves up and stick the flag in the ground. This is my favorite part. we got to close up here soon. This is Paul now. Saul encouraged Paul. Saul died and he didn't say, curse all you people. God smite you. Where are you? He said, Lord, forgive him. And Paul was the one that was persecuting him. And Paul seen something that encouraged him. Because Stephen was confident in who he was. He knew that he acknowledged God. He had his pleasure and God was satisfied with him. And he was, he was confident in God, so he encouraged. And now Paul, this is what Paul is saying. He became a Christian. He served Jesus. This is amazing. For me, living means living for Christ. This is in Philippians 1.21. For me, living means living for Christ. And dying is even better. Okay, but if I live, I can do more fruitful work for Christ. So if he lives, he can do more fruitful work for Christ. What is this fruitful work, Paul? So I really don't know which is better. I'm torn between two desires. I long to go and be with Christ, which would be far better for me, but for your sakes, it is better that I continue to live. Oh my gosh, Paul, what a pickup line. So what he's saying is he'd rather die and be with Jesus. That, that's far more better, but he'd rather live. Not for himself, but for others. Honey, I love you. And this message has encouraged me so much. Jen, I will massage your feet every single night. Because I'm here to serve you. Husbands, you're here to serve your wife. Wife, you're here to serve your husbands. Children, parents, you're here to serve each other. Church, we're here to serve each other. We are in it together. Honey, I'll even throw in a back massage and, and we'll cuddle with no ulterior motives on my part. Because we are here to serve God. So, <laughs> in the midst of the flags. <laughs> Come on, church. we gotta get, we got to end this. In the, <laughs> in the midst of the flags are people seeing you goodly. Because something happened to Moses. Something changed him when he grew up. And the world does that. Whether it's because of pressure. Because maybe he had all this pressure on him. And he felt like, I'm the chosen one. i got to save these people. And something happens whether you expected this, but you didn't get it, so now the world changes. Somebody hurt you, so it's changed in who you are. You, your first marriage was, was, was a failure, so now you think every marriage is going to be a failure. And it changes you. So in the midst of the flags, though, who are people seeing you to be? Are you going to acknowledge God and not take him for granted and understand that his arm is around you, family, that he is more than satisfied with you, are you going to have confidence in him? That the confidence comes from God in who you are. Yeah, we're all different. 
but our confidence comes from God and you're going to encourage others. Encourage others. Because this is what Jesus did for us. Because we must have the same attitude as Christ. And if I could get the bands up here, we can have the band up here finish this up. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being when he appeared in human form. He humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. Therefore, God elevated. Nathan, lift that up. Time out. Who has some white flags over here? Raise it up. Raise it up and bring it because we are surrendering to God. Come bring it on this lift. Stick it in the lift. And Nathan, lift it up. Okay, just, yeah, there you go. There you go. Stick it in there. Stick it in there and lift it up. Because we don't lift ourselves up. Those who exalt themselves will be humble. But those who humble themselves will be exalted. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of the highest honor. He elevated him to the place of the highest honor and gave him the name above all other names. That the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the sun. And every tongue will declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Come on, church. James, his own brother, he wrote, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. I surrender to you, Lord. I surrender and acknowledge you. I thank you that your arm is upon me. We praise you. We worship you. We give you honor and glory where it's due to your name, Lord. For we surrender. We surrender and we will be goodly and mighty in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. We raise our flag and we surrender.
Give him a shout of praise. 